Hi, Tom. Hi, Steve. You guys are so funny. Have a great show. It's totally wicked. to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom Witham. I'm Steve Piles. And um, we're back for another episode. Two in a row. Holy crap. Yep. That I bet ev- everybody unprecedented. Else, everybody's jealous. You bet everybody what? I bet everybody's jealous. I don't know what that They're means. T- I just... <laughs> they, ju- they wish they could do two podcasts in a row. Everybody wishes they could do two podcasts in a row. Yeah. Only we could do two podcasts in a row. It's the power we have. You know why? Why we're it? masters. We're masters of our craft. We're ma- we make the profound out of the mundane, and we master that. So we're masters of our domain, as it were. <laughs> our domain being profundication. Yeah. Um. I was thinking Seinfeld. What were you? Master of my domain. Maybe because the I correctly quoted Seinfeld, the most famous episode. Could that be why you were thinking of it? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being <laughs> shitty. No, that's okay. Seinfeld <laughs> slips from my brain. The further I get away from it without watching an episode, the the harder and harder it is to recall it. Like I feel like I could shame better fifteen years ago. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I I have like I need maybe a dozen of my favorite episodes that I can quote like really well, and the rest of them are kind of uh, you know just kind of a, a mishmash of episodes and quotes and. I what's hate your favorite? That was Hulu. My favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite Seinfeld episode? My, my favorite episode is one where George is at his girlfriend's apartment and he thinks there's a fire and he starts shoving them all the way to get out of, <laughs> yeah. get out of the apartment. That's the one where he, he eats the eclair off the top of the trash. Is it the same one? It's the same girlfriend, but I can't remember if that's the same episode or not. I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure he's at the... It's like a party. I, I'm going to say it's the same episode. I would be willing to bet that... And the old lady sees him eating the eclair out of the trash. <laughs> it's also the salted meat girlfriend, too. Like the sex and eating the yeah. cured he, meats or whatever it was. Yeah, he eats a sandwich while they're in bed. Yeah, like, yeah. In the act of, he pokes his head out the, the bottom of the bed and eats like she's takes into a bite it, of the sandwich. Yeah, and it's funny. Well, it's my... also the same episode where well, Kramer was driving the bus and the guy was trying to yeah. hijack the bus or whatever. Yeah. So he's... He's like, I'm punching the guy, but I'm making the stops and I fight him off with one hand. They're like, you kept making the stops. He's like, well, they kept pulling the cord. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, one of my favorites, I, I don't know, the hello, la, <laughs> la, 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 when they're belly button. Belly button. Yeah. How would your belly button say hello? <laughs> he dumps his girlfriend because he wants to keep doing the hello. <laughs> well, but he couldn't remember her name, right? That Is wasn't that, the that, same girlfriend. You sure? That was a that was a different girlfriend. Dolores. That's right. <laughs> Mulva. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I feel like that's the same episode. I'm gonna have to go rewatch Seinfeld. That's just all there is to it. I, yeah, well, that sucks because it's on Hulu, right? That's where you can watch it now. I have the I have all the DVDs except the last season. I'm gonna have to borrow those from you because I really need to rewatch that series, like in a worse way. Yeah, I we went on a. Um, like a DVD 
buying kick. You know, that's just one of those ways that you get into financial trouble. But um, mm. we we bought so many like series that we were afraid we weren't going to be able to. If this was at the time before streaming was mainstream. <laughs> and, good pun. Good pun. I like it. Whoo. Man. <laughs> that hurt me. He broke a you broke a sweat on that one. That was a yeah. that was a strong pun. Yeah. But we bought um like 30 rock. Uh I just recently like even while we were in the middle of our, you know, not spending any extra money, I I found every season of Psych in like a box set and it was so cheap. It was like 30 bucks or something like that on eBay. I ended up buying it. Well, yeah, with commit with commission money, but, um, you know, I, I think that streaming TV is just a jumbled mess right now. Just, there's no, you know, I don't want to say there's no rhyme or reason, but it, it feels to me like they put a season of something on prime and then it'll be on Netflix and you might be able to get one season on, you know, you might be able to watch a season before it leaves. And I, I don't know. I just, there's no, there needs to be a standard. I guess, or maybe that's just me it's because like, well, it's like a treasure hunt. Like it's like if if you want to see something, you're pretty confident that somebody's carrying it, but you don't know who. Like you can Google it, but it's like going to come up as like, oh, I'm watching Amazon Prime, and it's like, oh, but watch it on Amazon Prime when you pay five bucks, or watch it on HBO, but watch it on HBO if you pay to stream. You know, I'll I'll tell like, you, it's like a weird screwy treasure hunt. Um, Roku takes a little bit of the mystery out of it. They Roku has a, uh, a search feature that you can, let's just say, for example, uh, the movie Weird Science. I can go to Roku search feature, type in word, uh, Weird Science, and it's going to tell me everywhere that it's available and whether it's free or whether I have to pay. So, See, I don't, I don't think the Fire Stick does that. I think if you do a search, it just tells you if you can get it on Prime, and that's it because yeah, it's Amazon. Well, that's fucking Amazon for you. But yeah, Roku does it, and there's another. Uh, there's an app. I believe it's called Just Watch. J U S T W A T C H. Let me see if I've got it on my phone. There's yeah. There was a website that I yeah. stumbled across that I was supposed to do it. Didn't seem to work though. Yeah, I can't remember the name. There's an app called Just Watch that lets you search, and it lets you like choose what services you have. So if you have Netflix Prime and Hulu, you can just search Netflix Prime and Hulu. And just type in what you're looking for, and it'll tell you if it's available. Um, but it has, I think, almost basic. I'm looking at it right now. It's got like everything. It's got Netflix, Prime, Hulu, Yahoo streaming, Amazon, HBO Go, <laughs> uh, YouTube that has joined Yahoo the, streaming. Yeah, Google Play, Apple TV, CBS All Access, Hoopla, CW, Stars, Fandango, Vudu. Anyway. Um, that's a good app if anybody was curious, but Roku has it built in and it's frustrating because I love legacy television, like classic TV shows or classic movies. And so you'll go and you'll type in like the breakfast club and it's just not available. You can rent it for like two ninety nine, and once upon a time, like uh, if you w had to walk to the video store and spend two or three dollars to rent a movie, that would be no problem easy i do that all day long um even back you know 10 years ago if you had like a direct tv or um uh what what do they call it uh pay pay-per-view so you could go and pay right. like 
two, three bucks for a movie pay-per-view and watch it. Even that was kind of okay. But now in the land of digital streaming where you're spoiled for choices and there's really like, do I want to spend $3 to watch a movie when I can just go watch something else I've already paid for on Netflix or like how, yeah, exactly. I feel weird paying paying for a movie. Right. How, how badly do I want to watch this, this show or this movie? I mean, you look at uh, prime has, uh, some episodes, let's just say the X-Files or something like that, they might have uh, an episode for 99 cents. No, no, I'm not going to, like, unless I was dying to watch that particular episode, <laughs> I'll move on. I'll move along. I don't, I mean, who in their right mind is paying 99 cents or two ninety nine to watch a movie unless, unless it's a, you know, brand new movie that's, but I'm talking like eighties movies. Yeah, exactly. You can you can stream these if you're willing to sit there in front of a laptop or your desktop or something like that, or if you have a good something hooked up to your TV from like a computer, you can stream movies just googling stuff. Like I watched uh, your favorite X Files, well, your second favorite X Files episode a couple weeks ago, just googling it, typing it in, and it came up, and I streamed it and watched it at work. I mean, at home. <laughs> I totally uh, okay. watched it at home. Nobody at work listens to this pod- podcast. I'm, I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah, or we'd be under investigation. But um, no, I'm talking like movies and TV shows that are <clears throat> way outside the profit zone. You know, that like... Uh, yeah, who's you know, making money on this anymore? Who's making... Uh, and it breaks my heart because it should be making money. But like the original Batman, okay? Or yeah. I say the original, yeah, yeah. the 1989 Batman. That is so far outside the profit zone. Like they've released it on VHS, they've released it on DVD like ten different times with ten different versions. <laughs> they've released it on Blu-ray. You know, everybody and their grandmother that's going to buy this movie has bought this movie. So why are you offering it for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime? Go fuck yourself. I already pay one hundred and fifty dollars a year for Prime. Just give it to me. Just give. It yeah, to exactly. Me. But. If I want to watch Tremors for free, I, I deserve, it's my right as a goddamn American to watch <laughs> Tremors for free. Okay, well, you've totally and completely jumped the gun because I wanted to talk about Tremors today, but that's okay. Are you Let, kidding me? Take Tremors. <laughs> take that's Tremors, awesome. Put a pin in it, and we'll come back to Tremors. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, but, you know, I, so I don't, it's not that I don't feel bad because I, I shouldn't feel bad. It's mine. I've taken all my DVDs. This is over 500 DVDs, 500 movies, and I've digitized them. I used the program. I've digitized them, and I put them on a Plex server. So now, like, I'll I'll go to Roku if I want to watch uh, my science project. Okay, 80s mm-hmm. movie. You know, it's cheesy, it's schlocky, right up my alley. If I want to watch that, I'll go to Roku and I'll search my science project. If it's if it's not there. I have it on Plex. I'm just going to switch over to mm-hmm. my Plex. And I'm going to watch it that way. It's not going to be the best quality because it was a DVD that was ripped. And it's it's upscaling it as much as it possibly can. But, you know, let's be real. My, you know, I have a plasma. T- I have a like a 56-inch plasma HD TV. How good is that going to look on that? But, I mean, if I want to watch it, I want to watch it. And I'm going to. But I feel like Prime or hulu or netflix or something would stream it a little bit better quality you okay yeah wrong pipe anyways no. and and you know what it, to think about it maybe that's what you are paying for on these services that they'll that they offer it but for 
fuck's sake, like three dollars? No, yeah, no, three bucks. Like, like objectively, like three bucks is not going to break the bank, but I shouldn't have to. Not for an old thirty-year-old movie. There's that. No, no fucking way. All right, let's. I'm going to try one right now on this. Just watch. I'm going to put in uh, the Money Pit. Okay. Okay. The Money Pit. Funny movie. Fantastic. I've seen it a billion times. Can quote the movie start to finish. If I want to watch it right now, these are my options. Streaming, okay? To rent it on PlayStation View, $2.99. Amazon, $3.99. YouTube, $3.99. Google Play, $3.99. And Voodoo, $3.99. What? What? Really? Yeah, that's insane. Those those are my choices right now for the money pit. Not, no free streaming. No Netflix. None of that shit. Come on. So a very aptly named movie. You're going to be throwing money in a pit. <laughs> well, you know, give me a movie. Toss a movie out there. Something you like from like the 80s that like you might be sitting down. You want to have something running in the background while you're cooking a meal or, you know, you just want to veg out. Throw an 80s movie at me. Uh, Monster Squad. The Monster Squad, 1987. <clears throat> It's not on any available streaming service that you already pay for. It's two ninety nine to rent on Amazon, two ninety nine on YouTube, two ninety nine on Google Play, and three ninety nine on Vudu just to rent it. Jeez, and that's about as much as it would be to rent from a video store when it was new. Yeah, yeah. In nineteen eighty eight, when you were walking down yeah. to the video store after it had been released on VHS, you were going to pay three bucks to rent that, and you would have happily. Because what other choices do you have? Now I remember, I remember maybe on a Friday night for a movie that was brand new that just left theaters, you would pay five bucks for a rental. That was a movie that was maybe a month old, you know, mm -hmm. and you pay five bucks. 30 years later, I've still got to pay three, four bucks for it. That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Not only I don't like that nuts, at all, but they, I want to, I want to punch, punch somebody. <laughs> do it. I mean, right now. I want to find. Go, I want to find the King of Hollywood. Go knock on it's your neighbor's be the door. King of Hollywood. But uh, anyway, it's my money, and I want Fuck it now. That's right, fuckers. Anyway, <laughs> now the angry of the was this the problem you said we're gonna have? You said no. we're gonna have a problem when we started. So no, we're we're gonna have another. This is problem. just a different problem. Yeah. Okay. Based on the topic that we've chosen today. <laughs> uh oh. Well, I mean, it's not a real problem. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's an invented no, you make problem. No, you're making me scared. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, you want to get into it? You want to? Do you want to talk about it? Or do you Jump got something? Right else? Do you got something else you want to talk about? Did you want to do your philosophy thing before or after? No, yeah, we can do it anytime you want. You tell me. Are you, are you chomping at the bit? Are you like that curious to do it? I'm curious about what your question is. I really am. But I feel I feel we should do the topic first because yeah, you know. I agree. Yeah. Well, we're gonna jump right into it then. Adventure. Genre adventure. Genre adventure. Okay, now we're gonna strap yourselves in. We're going to go on a journey. We're going to go on a quest through the deserts and over the mountains and under the woods and in between the oceans. So here's and under underneath underneath the tundras. Ooh, under the tundras. Under the tundras. Is it just because it rhymes a little bit? Like doing that fat girl in college. You go under the tundra. Oh, Undra the tundra. Under the tundra. That was her name. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, okay. Well, here's one of my problems. I'll tell you the real problem is... What's that? It's not really... I keep saying <clears throat> it. It's not. Like, I, I wish... You're making me worried. 
the real problem is the money pit only scored a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that makes me want to kill that's, people. That's, that is a real problem. Tom 47%? You fuckers. I still haven't seen it. I still don't know. That could be valid. I, I don't know. I, I just don't Speaking know. Speaking of that, I want to let you know that I watched Cocktail during our hiatus. Oh my god! Do you, does your microwave still work? Or yeah, I had to I had to pause the movie halfway through and microwave a fork <laughs> just to, just for some nostalgic purposes. Yeah, <laughs> I I want to just go on a limb and say Cocktail is not really a good movie. Yeah, there's a reason I've never seen it because I never had a desire to. You know, it's classic '80s. You know, Tom Cruise, Elizabeth Shue booze you got a beach boys song it was a really good you know like ingredients but just like it probably could have been another hour long to fill in the gaps things happen was, too fast with no reason was that the movie they make kokomo for or yes yeah kokomo okay came from the movie cocktail but it um they were I remember like, them flip the bottles in the video and that yeah, yeah. The extent of my knowledge of cocktail yeah the hippie hippie shake yeah uh yeah, yeah. no there there were serious gaps in the the chapters i guess or acts where things happened that there was seeming seemingly no reason for and it was just it was really <laughs> strange it was really strange the the arc of these characters was ridiculous but anyway anybody want cruise know? movies tom cruise movie strange credulity i i, I don't believe it Listen, Tom Cruise is always so grounded. Have you seen Night and Day? That is a masterpiece. Wasn't that? Didn't that come out at the same time as like a fucking carbon copy movie with Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, like the exact I, same movie with Ashton Kutcher came out. Yeah, I um, I really like that movie, Night and Day, with Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. Fantastic movie. It's great. Never stop. You you was aware of it. You you should stop what you're doing and go watch it. All right, let's go. I mean, after the podcast. No, I'm gonna, oh my god, that movie was amazing. The part with the gorilla and the clown makeup. When they oh, did yeah. The dance on the back of the that motorcycle. Was, Holy that was shit. my favorite part. My favorite part. Of course, the massive rape orgy, I probably could have done without. I mean, I, I see the I aesthetic value of it. Feel Once like again, you, when the clowns came in, but the you, massive you rape orgy was, I don't know. You might have watched a different night and day than what was previously <laughs> discussed. It was night. Uh, it was night and day. And day and day and day and day, like four chicks named Day. <laughs> and apparently they were so unwilling. I watched, the, I watched the porn. I watched the porn version, but I uh, think I got the jizz of it. <laughs> hey, 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 dirty dad jokes. Gotcha. That's right. Um, no, the real here's the real issue. The real issue mm. is where I go to get a lot of my information on movies is Box Office Mojo. Box Office Mojo has a problem with adventure movies. Really? As a as a genre, adventure is pigeonholed broken into down. it's broken down into adventure desert, adventure period, and adventure <laughs> remake. Adventure period, like angry women on PMSing, or um, well, the period adventure movies is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Jungle Book, Indiana Jones, and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Raiders of the Lost mm. Ark, blah 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 blah. That's those are period. Um, I don't see breaking it down that fine is I find that too pedantic. I, I don't know. I find it a little annoying. Like we don't need to break it down so much. Like who's sitting there like, 
I want to watch an adventure movie, but I want to watch one that's definitely set in pre-1950s America. And you know, screw that. I want to watch one that's set specifically in a desert because I cannot enjoy an adventure movie that's not in a desert. Like, who, who cares? I don't know. That's the way Box Office Mojo does it. So I asked Google. What of course you did. Yeah. I said, hey, Google. Were you, were you nice to it? No, I'm not going to be nice to it. <laughs> I refuse. Um, but uh, my Google came up with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as the number one. That See, now that, I guess we're jumping right in there. That is what I have heard called the greatest adventure movie of all time. And I'm right here right now. I'd be hard-pressed to, defuse, to def- refute that. Well, do you want to know what uh, Google came up with as the second best? Uh, Last Crusade. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Ah, uh, uh, okay, okay. So I guess that I guess start at the start. Where? What do you think? What What do you consider? What makes an adventure movie? Why mm-hmm. is it an adventure movie as opposed to just an action movie? As opposed to you know a horror movie or a drama or something like that? Well, the way I was thinking about it is, um, the main character goes on an adventure. <laughs> Yes, you you cracked the code. <laughs> because let's be honest, we're done. Thank you, folks. That was quite the podcast we had. But um, done. <laughs> um, I feel like an adventure movie is could be defined as a main character who has to possibly quest in some way, shape, or form, and mm-hmm. collect whether it's information. Or whether it's uh, things, you know, items like like people for a rape orgy. I got yes. Uh, by the way, Night and Day Five Rape Orgy Extreme is my favorite adventure movie. <laughs> I just love how they had to collect all the semen. Um, <laughs> there was that bull and the eyedropper. Uh, it was it was a long process. Eyedropper. I thought that was a turkey baster. It went in, then it went out. It went in, and then it went out. <laughs> it's um, recycling. It's, yeah. It was a recycling program. It was an Earth Day movie. Ooh, Earth Day and night, night and day, <laughs> night and Earth Day, Earth All Day right. and night, and jizz. A love story, <laughs> an adventure story, uh, an adventurous love story. No, so okay, I'm gonna say that probably okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, clearly, that is my favorite adventure film. It's mm-hmm. got a, a main character who spends the entire movie traveling somewhere, going what I would consider an adventure to do certain things. That yes. would be as opposed to an action movie like Die Hard, where the guy stays in one place. Uh, you know, there's a lot of punching, kicking, shooting, screaming, uh, yippee kaying, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of motherfucking. Yes. Yeah. My, are you ready for my second favorite? I don't. I don't think I am, but we're gonna have to find out. <laughs> uh, National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it for the gas. No, no, that's your second favorite, really? I mean, yeah. I like that movie, but the first, well, the first National Treasure, or the the first National Treasure. I think that is that is fine cinema, even though it has Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage can do good movies. Like I still love The Rock. Well, I love The Rock. And The Rock is an action movie. It's an action movie, not an adventure. Movie. Correct. But I will, yes, 
the American treasure is or national treasure is an adventure movie. Yes. So I guess I when you when you say this is an adventure movie versus this is an action movie, I feel like you know the difference. And that's where I wanted to bring Tremors into it. Because mm. Tremors, I guess, could be just a like an action horror. I, and I don't mm-hmm. even know if that could be considered a horror. I mean, it probably would be on somebody's, but I want to call that we an actually, action. We actually talked about this before, and I, I remember saying that, yes, I do consider that an action with horror elements. Like, if there was some creepy parts to it. Yeah, but but I would, like, that's or creeping horror up. comedy. Well, yeah, horror comedy. Obviously, it had its comedic bits, but I mean, there was a, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a level of, there was just a slight tremor of horror. No, <laughs> uh, no. We're, we're um, on a roll today, man. We got this dad <laughs> thing, this dad joke thing going down. Yes, I think that there's an element of adventure to it. I think that it's it's on the cusp. I, well, no, I'm I, I'm I'm leaning towards it not being, but it like it almost feels to me like they spend some time moving around trying to do things, and they go on a little bit of an adventure, even though the adventure is trying to escape a giant sandworm mm-hmm. but well I'll, i feel like oh, sorry i cut you off go ahead no it's okay i i think but if you if you try and include adventure and tremors like a horror adventure kind of thing horror action adventure you you start to muddy the waters quite a bit with uh like you can add adventure to like adventure comedy such as will ferrell uh journey to the center of the earth kind of thing so okay I mean, yeah as soon as that. you 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 can tack adventure onto um like certain things like obviously action adventure is kind of its own th- its own thing um but a straight up just adventure movie i want to say like national treasure is more of an adventure movie less action more adventure where there is action but it's really not like at the forefront well okay so in my opinion I guess an adventure. This is why I think Tremors is not an adventure movie. Needs at least two elements. There's two basic elements to an adventure movie. One is um, I don't know what you would call it, a MacGuffin, a, a talisman, a quest. Like you're going for something. You're trying to find something. You're trying to get maybe get somewhere. But it's like a you're on a quest for something. You have you, there's something you're seeking, like an the item Ark or of the a place, Covenant. like the Ark of the Covenant or the holy grail for the last crusade or even pirates of the caribbean he's like questing for his ship or like i don't know that atlantis cartoon that i never saw atlantis would be the quest you know you're trying to find something you're trying to go somewhere you're trying to get something or i guess in the case of national treasure you're trying to protect something because the first one was what the constitution it's been a while yeah the first one was the constitution yeah so you need you need a quest, an, I- an item, an object, something you're trying to protect, maybe something you're trying to find and destroy, like um, the first Mummy movie. They're trying to find the mummy to destroy it, and the mummy's moving around. So and that brings me to the second aspect I think is basic to an adventure movie is you have to cross boundaries, like whether they're like nations or at least just environment. Like you have to go from the surface to the center of the world. So like Will Ferrell's Center of the Earth movie, Mm-hmm. Or you have to go from the surface to underwater for Atlantis. You have to go from America to Europe to the Middle East for the Last Crusade or the the box. What the fuck? Hope the Holy Grail. God damn! What the hell? 
Lost you, Ark. Yes. Holy Grail. Oh, oh shit. The box. The box with the. So yes. I don't know. You were cutting out there a little bit. <laughs> cutting good because it was nonsense. Oh, <laughs> coming back. Oh yeah, your My internet. Point. Your internet's taking a hit. It was going so well. What happened? I don't know. I'm gonna have to get just one giant long Ethernet cord and do a hard line instead of this Wi-Fi crap. At least for the podcast. I'll do it. I'll do it next time. Okay. Well, in defense but of yes, tremors, okay. so, they uh they have to survive. That's that can be their thing. It's too nebulous. It's too abstract. Well, it is a deep they kind of, movie. They do kind of cross boundaries when they're trying to escape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's multi-layered. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah. <laughs> It's got the surface and it's got the underground. Uh, yeah. Um, it's got s- seismographs and Kevin Bacon. Pantsless grad students. It's got that. That's true. Sure does. That's what a, every that's good story. adventure movie needs. Pantsless grad students. All right. Yep. And pogo sticks. It does have pogo sticks. I, maybe I should take it back. Maybe it is an adventure movie. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? Uh, back to the Future. Wait. Yeah, well, see, yeah, Back to the Future definitely has a talisman, which is a time machine. Like, they have it at the beginning, but they're still, it doesn't work. They're trying to make it work, so that's the quest. And then it definitely crosses boundaries, whether it's... Time. It's not space, but it's time, yeah. That's definitely an adventure movie. But it's also you know, science fiction. Sure, and, and most event, I'd say most of the best adventure movies are science fiction. Raiders of the Lost Ark is science fiction. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Mummy, these are science fiction. Like, Okay, right here, right now. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is that's biblical stuff. That's not science fiction. I forgot that verse in the Bible that said, "And the man at the fedora will open the Ark yep. of the Covenant." And yep. Then it shall be stored away into the great house of wares. What do you think John three sixteen is all about? Wasn't that like a professional wrestling thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a wrestling thing. It had nothing to do with the Bible. <laughs> that's right. For God so loved the mat. Then he gave three bells for his son. <laughs> in this corner, a man in red tights. Anyway, <laughs> you were going to put me on the spot. Yeah, but I don't remember why. Oh, nope. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Name me a movie, an adventure movie that has no sci-fi elements. I'm sure they exist, but I want to see if you can do one right now. <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, technically, Lord of the Rings is fantasy. I win. Sci-fi. I win. Oh. It's sci-fi if it's against science. It's fantasy. If it's non-science, because fantasy is really a subgenre of sci-fi. That's sci-fi does not necessarily mean lasers and space. It's a stretch. Yeah, I stretch all right. Well, what about National Treasure? Oh shit! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the glasses. Okay, fine. They, they, I mean, like I suppose they in the second one where they. Oh, we know it's the first one where they open up that giant cavern of treasure. Yeah, I mean, it's fiction, but it's technically sort of, I guess, feasible. Not really, but it's not It's not breaking the laws of physics to do it. So I guess there's that. Okay, so I can name... Uh, you're going to say Tremors again, aren't you? Motherfucker, you're not going to convince me it's not Tremors. Tremors 2. <laughs> no. Did you ever see Tremors 2? Tremors in space. Uh, what about... Uh, James Bond movies, like every single one of them. Yeah, see now I feel like those aren't adventure movies because they lack the quest. Like things like he has a mission, I guess, but yeah. it never it, it never ends up the way he thinks it's going to end up. Oh, it's no. never the mission he thinks he's going to have. Quests are where you know what the outcome's going to be and Well, it at least you think you I'm not saying the outcome, but 
at least you know what the mission is. And it's never, James Bond never starts with like, okay, we need to do this. We need to find this. We're going to end here. And James, James Bond movies always take a left turn somewhere. Like it always goes somewhere he doesn't expect. I have a hard time calling James Bond adventure. Well, I thriller action, I guess. Yeah, they're they're probably more action movies than they are adventure movies. But I think at their core, like describe a, what are the rules? What are the rules for an adventure movie again? I, well, I said the very at the very least they need a talisman or an artifact or some kind of quest object, and then they need to transcend boundaries. Those are my those are Professor Piles's two rules for mixing up and making a cook, a batch, a bake of an adventure. Okay, well, I mean, in most of the James Bond movies have some sort of sci-fi, ridiculous, maybe... Well, yeah. Not, they all have, like, gadgets that don't really exist, like... That doesn't preclude... Nano- I, I, I'd say the best sci- adventure movies have some kind of fictional sci-fi element to them. Right. They lost me with the invisible Aston Martin, but they got me back with uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig. Pierce Brosnan was my least favorite James Bond. Even least than george lazenby yeah wow well i mean wow. he didn't stick around very long and he wasn't that bad so pierce brosnan had I, an arc of like four movies and he was terrible i i say that as the guy that doesn't give that's not that james bond aficionado and has never seen the george lazenby one is that moonraker i don't even remember no that is honor majesty's secret service uh, okay and it's actually pretty good but um now the first James Bond I ever saw was one of the Timothy Dalton ones. And I think it was shit. What's the one with where he goes to Vegas and Wayne Knight? Not Wayne Knight. Shit. The Wayne Living Newton. Daylights. I think that yeah, might be that was the Taylor. first James Bond I ever saw. Um well we could Wayne have a Knight. whole Yeah, I Newman could, was in James Bond. <laughs> yeah. I could I could do a whole James Bond podcast. But um not to get too far away, Goldeneye was the best Brosnan one. That was the first Brosnan one, and the rest of them kind of were stinkers. Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Roger Moore, Roger Moore, I, he was my first, uh, James Bond. So he has a special place in my heart as James Bond, but he wasn't the best. It goes for me, Daniel Craig, Timothy Dalton, um, Roger Moore. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I saw, okay. The one I saw was Timothy Dalton. That's what I was thinking when you said Pierce Brosnan. Never mind. I take it back. Okay. That's fine. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. That's fine. I knew. I know what you're talking about. Timothy Dalton is actually really odd. His he was only there for two, and uh, they were actually really yeah. good. So anyway, That's, he was the first one I saw. Okay, we can uh, we can get away from James Bond. <laughs> well, I did find Rotten Tomatoes list of the top sixty adventure movies of all time, so I thought we could look at the top ten if you're interested. Yeah, go for it. Well, here's the funny thing about this list. I feel like it was it, it's Rotten Tomatoes, so it's got to be compiled by idiots. I feel like. Well, I feel like it's compiled by more of the critics than the audience because there's two of them that were filmed, I believe, within my lifetime out of the 10. So number 10 is The Princess Bride. Adventure comedy. Yes, absolutely. Great movie. But definitely an adventure. They they quested for, like, his quest was to save her. They definitely crossed boundaries, you know, from the farm to the forest to the castle and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. Too. Um Moonrise Kingdom, which pushes it for me. Did you ever see that one? Wes no, Anderson? That, that was, yeah, Wes Anderson. I did not see that. I actually remember the previews and I, I wanted to see it pretty badly. It's got like Greg Kinnear. Is he in it? 
Um, it's got well, I did see it once. It's got Edward Norton, Bruce Willis. Um, it's like Edward Norton's a Boy Scout guy, and this one of his scouts and this girl run off together. This one also have a hard time saying it's an adventure movie. Like it is and it isn't. I I don't know. Are there sandworms? Well, the kids get naked or like in their underwear together, so there's like a sand, definitely a sandworm, as opposed to a sand snake. So hey-o. yeah, hey oh. Oh, borderline pedophile joke. All right. <laughs> so what's number eight? <laughs> Spartacus, which oh. I did see once back yeah. in the day. Uh, number seven. Yeah, th- this is what I'm talking about. Like now we're getting to like the rest of them. I'm pretty sure were not filmed when I was born. Number seven is The Hidden Fortress, which I have no idea. It's a Japanese movie. Uh, number six is Captain Blood with Errol Flynn. So that's way back in the day. He's a swashbuckler. Number five is Lawrence of Arabia, which I never saw. Huh. Alec Guinness was in Lawrence of Arabia. I didn't know that. It's funny. So Obi-Wan in the desert. Again. <laughs> uh, number four was African Queen, which I never saw. Number three was a, The Treasure of Sierra Madre, once again, which I never saw. <laughs> number two was The Avengers of Robin Hood, another Errol Flynn movie. This guy was the king of the old-fashioned adventure movies. And then number one was King Kong, the original King Kong, which I did see. Yeah. Which I actually loved when I was a kid. And I feel like that actually is an adventure movie because you go from New York to Skull Island back to New York again. You get this quest, the talisman is King Kong, and you know, shenanigans ensue. Well, let me give you my You know uh, what they have on in Ape Island is giant apes. But do you know what they have on Candy Apple Island? Giant apes. Well, they're apes, but they're not quite so big. But are they giant? No, they're not as big as the giant apes on well, giant I mean, ape in, island. In comparison. Are they giant compared to, say, Either, uh, normal human? They don't say for sure. Well, on Candy Apple Island. But either way, you need the bait, which is a bathing beauty. Bathing beauty. Okay, I could keep going with the Simpsons quotes if you do need it. me to. Do it. <coughs> what do well, you think, Smithers? I think women and semen don't mix. Ah, we know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let's uh, let's bring up some adventure movies that we haven't mentioned yet. I got one. What do you think is? What's your favorite adventure movie from the eighties? Probably besides besides Lost Ark. Well, that was seventy nine, wasn't it? Raiders of the Lost Ark was seventy nine. Was was that eighty? On the planet. What? Harrison Harrison Ford did all those Indiana Jones movies post Star Wars, so maybe it was eighty one. Well, when one is Jedi. Raiders of the Lost Ark was eighty one. Jedi was eighty three. Empire was eighty one. I bet Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm gonna say Raiders of the Lost Ark was eighty one. Empire was eighty one. Return of the Jedi was eighty three. So technically, Raiders of the Lost Ark is in the eighties, and I could say that that would be my favorite. I'd say that maybe the Goonies. Yes. Okay. So that was what I was leading up to. The Goonies. (laughs) Got to be my favorite adventure movie from the eighties. I think I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I. I will die in the hill of the Goonies all day long. Uh, Goonies never say die. That movie. Goonies never say die. That was good. I like that. That was very poignant. Yep. Boom. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that has all the makings of a good adventure. No sci-fi. I mean, the kid with the boxing gloves. uh, Okay. I feel like I got to say this again. There's five being sci-fi. I'm just just talking straight up uh, adventure. Okay. Okay. Because you start throwing sci-fi in there, and it it turns into all kinds of things. But I mean, no, fantasy, right? And fantasy adventure, like Neverending Story. Yes, that is a really good. That I love that movie when I was a kid. That is definitely a good adventure. Yeah, 
it's a depressing adventure movie because everybody dies, but it's good. 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 No, that's that's the way movies need to end. Bastion, it's you. Kill them all. Please, Bastion, please. Kill them for mommy. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> well, that was a Jason Voorhees joke, but. Oh, that's... killer mommy. Yeah. Put on. I feel a like I still need to mention how ridiculous part two was and how hilarious that crack that crack podcast was when they talked about it. If you ever get a chance to listen to that one episode of the Crack Podcast, that's the one you got to listen to us because it's pure gold. Anyways, Crack Podcast, live show. They go through all the stupid-ass stuff from movies and how they make no sense. It's hilarious. I wish I could find it again. This is the one with the uh, how Jason has to stick around. Yeah, right go the, around yeah. with the head. Yeah, put, keep putting the head around the, with him. Keeping the head in the refrigerator. Make alliances with cats. It's good. It's good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Oh, God. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, that's diversions. Anyways. But yes, the Goonies, um, the Explorers, I feel like is a really good adventure movie from the 80s. Yeah, but it had sci fi. Listen, I, I'm telling you, sci fi is fine. <laughs> Jeez. Don't make me come uh, through that screen. <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> the audience will appreciate that. <clears throat> anyway. You were adopted. Steve is getting angry. Air some grievances. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people, and now I'm going to hear about them. <laughs> uh, okay, I take it back. That was my favorite episode. I, I don't know why I said what I said before. Festivus was my favorite episode. Festivus for the rest of us. Oh, God, that's so good. It was so gold. Yep. The feats of strength. It was so money. It was so money. I didn't even know it. Sorry. Anyways. Apology accepted. um well okay so we've listed some of our favorite ones what what is it about adventure movies the genre that we want to talk about like what particularly is special about adventure movies can hollywood exist without them uh did they kick off a trend i feel like if you if you ever talk to anybody who says i went and saw this movie and it was a fun movie they're talking about an adventure because it just it expands your mind it expands your spirit like you watch this movie and you're going along this journey with them. Like you said, the Lord of the Rings goes from tiny little insular tucked away Hobbiton to the, all the, the way down to like, yeah, the Shire down all the way down to like the hell allegory, you know, and everything in between the mountains and the valleys and the forests and the rivers and the swamps and everything. Like it's, you're going through the, the grand city on the hill, like all these different places with this talisman, the, the ring, and then. The goal is the fiery mountain, and it's got yeah, why all the adventure. Why didn't they just fly the big eagles there? See, we've—I feel like we've talked about this before, <laughs> but I actually, yeah, I actually have a. There's a good explanation, which is you're not going to get those eagles. But they're keeping watch. They, the orcs have arrows. They have those dragon things. Sauron's got his eyeball. Like they're not going to get the eagles in there. They would I never think get. If far they got enough height, if they get up there, like out of range of the spears and then yeah they... but they're hobbits they're gonna they're gonna pass out because of thin air and... well you you get up to like i don't know like eight thousand feet you're you're still gonna yeah. have you're still gonna have oxygen oh you you know because you're an expert yep you know middle earth oxygen levels yes yeah they would have know. plenty what or just until they're like thumbnails turn purple you know and then just come down another five <laughs> feet and you're good and you get to that, <laughs> that cruising bad? altitude and then, <laughs> you know, you have, uh, you have the, you just say, Hey, a buck beak, F- swoop on down. 
I'm going to toss this in the volcano Wait. real quick, and then we get the F out. That's C. Cruising altitude, like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now at cruising altitude. Listen, for all you know what they board, to do? you'll have to hold your breath because. Listen, as soon as they got a hold of that ring, what they needed to do was go to the nearest Air Force base. They needed to steal an F 16. <laughs> they needed to trick the Air Force into thinking that they could fly. A, a ragtag group of kids, a ragtag group of hobbits could fly F-16s, <laughs> drop some napalm, okay, into the orcs, and then just fly that baby right into the volcano. By napalm, do you mean do you mean hobbit poop or whatever? Or actual whatever. I don't know. I feel how... like hobbit poop would be pretty nasty. Yeah, especially on fire. I mean, <laughs> like orcs, orcs just aren't going to take maybe paper bags. That's just they're just dropping. Paper. <laughs> Everybody, everybody scatter. They're dropping <laughs> napalm. They're uh, dropping bags of poop. That is the movie I want to see. Midgets on birds dropping poop. I want to see that movie in the worst way. Mm -hmm. Did you know like, Ozzy Osbourne had a had a personal midget? Had a what? Purple midget? A personal midget. Oh. He had a no, personal but... midget that he paid for to hang around with him that he used to hang in his <gasps> live shows. You just gave me the best segue ever. Okay. Nope. Hear me out. So <laughs> <laughs> hanging midgets. Go. Nope. Yep. Nope. You you did. This is this is awesome. So I looked up how to write an adventure story, like the steps to write an adventure story. Mm -hmm. One of them is the first step one is create your artifact. Like I said, your your goal, your what they say, your at your Excalibur, your something like that. Mm -hmm. Step two is create your hero. You know, make your Indiana Jones, your your Nicolas Cage. Uh, by the by, do you think Raising Arizona would be an event? Because it might be. Yeah, I mean, they are looking for a kid. Yeah. And they, they, they got to go down the road. They got to go into the city. They got to go into the house. They're, they're transcending boundaries. Uh, John Goodman's in it, so it's got to be an adventure movie. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Step number three, create your sidekick. Ah. Every good adventure movie has a sidekick. So I also looked up best sidekicks according to Rolling Stone, which is the expert, I think. And one of the sidekicks, one of the best sidekicks was Mini-Me. Mm-hmm. Midget. So, was... segue. <clears throat> so you're saying that a, He's drunk, <clears throat> a drunk midget, high on coke, just strung out on coke and booze. Best sidekick ever. That was that because that was Ozzy Osbourne's sidekick. Oh, was... I thought about Mini-Me. Because I think that may have applied to Vern Troyer too. I just think <laughs> I that know. all midgets just walk around high and drunk. It's because they're not? racist. Wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? What do they got to live for? <laughs> Jeez, you're terrible. No, I just, I feel like I want all the midgets I know in my life, are they Look, stay drunk. I want everybody, to, everybody listening that thinks I stuck my foot in my mouth every time I talked about Jews, <laughs> needs to really take a long look at Mr. Tom Witham right now. <laughs> Wait a second. All you have to do is say Jews, and now everybody <laughs> thinks that you're like some Nazi. You can't even what? say Jews How without I, people being like, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes again. What do yep. I say? What's the, nope. what's the PC way to He's say He's on it? again. He's on again about the Jews. That Nazi fuck. The diasporationalism is... <laughs> I think that's a word. It is now. Okay. I got, so. <laughs> I got nothing against midgets. I Did have nothing yeah. against midgets. But I Which feel apparently, like, apparently, according to you, means you have nothing against cocaine. I don't think it takes much to get them 
like high and drunk. I think that <laughs> like they're this is so fraught with danger right now. <laughs> I'm not saying it to be derogatory. I'm just saying that like you read these stories. It's science, it's even, man. <laughs> I think there's even a show on TV about high and drunk midgets. <laughs> it's on TLC. It's <laughs> the inebriated well, short man. That was one of the scenes in that rape orgy movie I saw, but I didn't want to mention it. <laughs> yeah, well, Woo! would it really be? But I'm pretty sure every every member of the Lollipop Guild was pretty coked up, if I remember right. Yeah, well, what do you think? What do you think being a member of the Lollipop Guild entailed? <laughs> How do you get in? Blood in, blood out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was their initiation ceremony? <laughs> I'm going to Google it right now. Screw Lollipop that. I'm, I'm going to ask Siri. No, I'm not going to ask. No, yes. Because, no, because every time I do and then I re-listen to the podcast, my phone goes bonkers. So I'm not <laughs> going to say it. Ask Google. Now that I have to get up. Okay, so I got a little test for you then. Who is your number one sidekick, sci-fi included, number one movie sidekick? Can I, can I time out? I will answer this, but I started typing drunk midget and drunk midget <laughs> costume came up. It auto-filled drunk midget costume. I have to click on, on that. Google? Yeah. You start okay, typing drunk midget, drunk midget. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, you're right. The first. I want a drunk midget costume. <laughs> Is that Lederhosen? That's Lederhosen, my friend. Because all good drunk midgets are German. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I think that's what I'm going to be for Halloween next year. Take this it to work. Be. Bring it. Bring it into work. You. Oh yes, one of them is a leprechaun. That is drunken Bavarian costumes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anybody listening right now, if you go to Google and you type in "drunk midget costumes," you will not be disappointed. Dude, the guy in the yellow—that's that thing's amazing. Um. Okay. So my favorite sidekick. Uh. Instinct tells me R2-D2. You're so close. You're so close <laughs> to what I'm going to tell you what your favorite is. Well, oh, okay. I, I'm going to tell you what your favorite is. Yeah, well, I'm also going to tell you that it can't be an adventure story because it's got sci-fi. <laughs> che Chewbacca. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> Chewbacca is the best? Is that like according to the internet? No, uh, it's, it's, no it's, it's your favorite. Oh, Chewbacca is? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what your favorite is. Yeah, Chewbacca is the quintessential sidekick. Yeah, I would. Well, Chewbacca uh, has a life debt, which was disappointing in the Han Solo movie, and it was disappointing in The Force Awakens. As opposed to a life day, which is disappointing in a whole different way. <laughs> and Yet rhymes. awesome in a whole different way. No, in the original like expanded universe before they dismantled it, uh, Han Solo rescues Chewbacca from being a slave on like the spice, one of the spice planets or whatever. Like his people were enslaved, and Han rescues ginger him. Spice? Was it the ginger spice planet? Was it a scary spice planet? No, it was uh, posh spice. Was it the little planet? So it was the baby spice planet? No, it was posh spice. It was a very fancy planet. It was fancy called posh spice planet. <laughs> um, and uh, Sport. so Sport. Han Solo rescues him and. Chewbacca owes him a life debt, so he sticks with him through thick and thin. Yet, if you watch, uh, spoiler alert, anybody that hasn't seen The Force Awakens, first of all, what's wrong with you? Second and of go all, fuck if, yourself. If you haven't seen it, and I'm spoiling it for you right now, 
come on, folks, it's been a couple years, really. Um, when Han Solo dies, Chewie lets out like a, ah! and then when they get back to the rebel base, he just basically is like, okay, well, I guess my life debt's done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, I'm free. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Peace well, out. I saw this thing where I don't know if it's Reddit or what, but this thing talking about Chewbacca and Han and it says something about how Wookiees live to be like a thousand years old or some bullshit like that. And the, the person posting that said, so so Han was basically a pet to Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah just a and then somebody else replied radar. said, Well, Han would have lived longer if Chewbacca would have got a neutered. Hey oh. Ooh, get it? I, I get that pretty I, deep. That is pretty deep. But uh I feel like neither one of us appreciated that joke for the comedy gold that it was. So anyways, Rolling Stone has a list of the best psychics of all time. It starts with Chewbacca. But I thought I'd list a couple off and just for nostalgia's sake. Okay. Um, Samwise Gamgee, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Dr. Watson, which is like a literary classic sidekick. Yep. Uh, Gromit in Wallace and Gromit, which I never watched, but I'm guessing you did. Yes, I've seen Wallace. The... Um... It's all that claymation and yeah, I never yada, really yada. It. <clears throat> It's British, and there's now, a my... lot of talk of trousers. Yes, because in Britain, pants are underwear. Now and you know. Trousers are trousers. They have snakes. <laughs> uh, my favorite sidekick, short round. You call him Doctor Jones, lady. <laughs> no time for love, Doctor Jones. Who's also wow. Goonies? So I think accounts. So you're. Pulling your favorite from Temple of Doom, well, which is yeah. of the Indiana Jones original trilogy, not including the abomination of Crystal Skull <laughs> Kingdoms. And whatever the next one they're coming out with is going to be, because they still talk about making a new one. It's going to be bad. I hope they do when they put him in space. Oh my God, yes. Like Indiana Jones. Alien, Alien Jones and the Moonwalk or some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, yes. Indiana oh, Jones and the Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I was just going to say that. The Dark Side of the Moon. Yes. The entire soundtrack is painful. And actually, that would be pretty cool. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it too, but still. <laughs> uh, let's see. Goose, Top Gun. Well, Cletus Snow from Smoking the Bandit, which I kind of know. Snowman. He's bound to yeah. Loaded up and trucking. We got. I was going to sing some song, but I, I, I'm going to stop. What song? Uh, mini me, part of the whole eastbound and down thing. Oh, we gonna do Kato, what they say can be done. We got a uh, long way to go in a short time to get there. I'm eastbound. Just watch your band run. We got a long way to go in short time. To get, that's okay. Anyways, you stole my thunder, but that's fine. Yep. Uh, hit hit girl from Kick Ass, which I feel like she's probably the, more the lead. Like that's I would a agree. Like it gets stole the show. Stole the show. Garth from Wayne's World, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Silent Bob from Jay and Silent Bob. I'm going to give uh, you an unpopular opinion. What's that? I think that the characters of Jay and Silent Bob are stupid. Yes. Well, I know you don't like Kevin Smith fan, so I'll forgive you. <laughs> and I take it back. I have found what is actually your favorite sidekick of all time from the 80s. I'm, I'm telling you right now. R2-D2. Nope. No, I'm going to tell you right now oh, who your okay. favorite sidekick is. All right. Hit me with it. Cameron. Oh, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Absolutely. Goddamn right. <laughs> That's a great movie. I love that movie. And that is absolutely an adventure movie. But their list, I feel like, culminates with the quintessential... Yes. Okay, I'm going to reverse myself. Yes, you're right. 
Ferris Bueller, great adventure movie. He transitions through all kinds of scenes, and his quest is to have a great day. And he does. It works, and he yep. does. <clears throat> but the quintessential sidekick of all time, when you think of sidekicks, you have to think of this guy, no matter what, green booty shorts and all, Robin. Yeah. Yep. Like, he's dick. the definition of sidekicks. Yeah. <laughs> Side dick. Yep. <laughs> have you watched he's, any of the... He's, the Titans TV show, the cartoon. Have we? No, no, no. They did a live action Titans with Robin. Oh, the recent one. Post <sighs> Batman. It's actually not bad. Yeah, really, because it looks so so eh. goofy to me. Well, it's low budget, but Hawk and Dove are in it, and they're really good. And uh, mm-hmm. Robin has left Batman, and he is a freak. He he's straight up like Dexter, like he murders <laughs> the shit out of people. That's weird. He's a detective. Okay. And he like like he breaks a car window with a guy's face, and then he rakes the guy's face across the broken glass. It's pretty fucking cool. Do you? How are you seeing this? Do you have that DC? App no, uh, I um, I know a guy. Mm, you got a connection. I got a I got a connection. Uh, if you want some, if you want some of my stash, hit me up. <laughs> first taste is free, but then you got to pay. Yep, or I'll just give it to you. I have like <laughs> I have like the first eight episodes. You're like the worst negotiator ever. <laughs> or the best. Depends on what side of the negotiating you're talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. From my perspective, it's awesome. <laughs> See? Best negotiator. Thank you. So now I have a question for you. Now, adventure movies, do you feel like the villain defines the movie? Like you have to have a very strong villain to have a good adventure movie. Well, I, I'm trying to think of... Well, the Goonies doesn't have a strong villain. Well, I suppose the bank, the bank is a really strong villain. Well, the, was it the Fratellis? Oh my God, they're inept. It's like the Three Stooges. They're dumb. They are are entertaining. They are entertaining, entertaining, but not formidable. Well, it's a comedy. So you wouldn't want a formidable villain. You don't want somebody that's like coming down there decked out with a fucking Uzis and a brace of grenades. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take the kids out. Go ahead and say Nazi. I know you want to. I don't know. Why I would say Nazi? Because you secretly are one. Somebody wants to say Nazi. It's not me. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, Indiana Jones, Doctor Jones, he's well, always got a really formidable villain. Yeah, yes and no. Like when you think of the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, are you really? What's the name of the villain right here right now? You tell me the name of the villain. Hans. Is it? Is it really? No, I'm actually asking. I, I, I okay, Belloc is the one, but okay. And then in the second one, it's the Indian doctor. I don't know. I don't even yep. know if they say his name. Do they? Yeah, they have to at some point. He's not a doctor. He's a voodoo. He's a Hindu priest thing. Listen, he didn't go to eight Here's... years. He didn't go to eight years of <laughs> heart ripping out school to be called. <laughs> yeah, priest. Yes. I was going to say, when you think of the villain, here's all you think about is Kalima and him grabbing your chest. That is the beginning and end of what you think about for the villain of Temple of Doom. Third yeah, movie. But... Who's the villain of the third movie? The uh, Crusaders. Last Crusade. I, I have no idea what that guy is, but he's a, he's and, a Nazi. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, generic Nazi is always the villain, I guess. You could look at any movie and it's like, well, he's space Nazi or you know something like that. And it'd be safe. But my point is, I, th- I feel like adventure movies don't have to have a strong villain because the journey is enough most of the time. Like the Mummy definitely has a real villain, like um, 
The Lord of the Rings has Sauron. Does it? Sauron doesn't do dick the entire fucking like he does something well, at the very beginning of the first movie. Yeah, he does like in flashbacks and shit. And he like one flashback at the beginning of the movie, and that is it. He That's commands the of what Sauron does. He commands the other wizards to be bad. Yes, yeah, Sauron the ranks. more of a villain. He 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 made the one ring. He assisted in the creation of the other. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop nerding out. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh The Simpsons has Mr. Burns. That was weird. Look at you can't trap me. I <laughs> you can't you can't get me out. You can't make me abandon my point just by mentioning The Simpsons. Okay, Darth Vader because the Emperor The Simpsons. Well, geez, maybe The Simpsons is an adventure movie. Like it's just one in, really like, the long Simpsons movie. Well, if you look at the Simpsons movie, they did go through. Damn it, you did get me off topic. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, the Adventure, Goonies, the Goonies you know. had the banks and the weirdos. <laughs> look, that's that. I feel like that diminishing the movie. Like, what movie are you ever going to watch? Go, and there's this really cool movie, and they do these things, and the villain is the bank. <gasps> like, well, the bank you're is diminishing always the villain. Goonies by doing always. Too. Well, that's what they were fighting against. The having the Which homes is, taken, having the land taken. I like to not pay attention to that part because it upsets me. Like, why is the bank <laughs> the villain? The bank was just doing what a bank does. Like, it was these stupid degenerates' is fault for not being able to keep up their mortgage. Fuck them. It's called yeah, progress. Fuck you for being. Fuck you for being poor. <laughs> Goddamn hobos. Let's see. Et. I mean, the government. <clears throat> the <sighs> UFO hunters. Uh, I don't know. Is that an adventure movie? E.T.? E.T. The, the whole bit they was really E.T. home. And then they, they had, had the to... talisman, but do they have the transitions? Well, they've got it shows up on his doorstep and then it stays in his house for a while. And then they go on the adventure on the bike and they go through the woods and he builds the phone E.T. phone home. But they keep circling back to the homestead again. So I, I'm going yeah, to you, you're, you're right. It's not adventure because it has a sci-fi element. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> you! You stole my you stole my genre. I I would say that E.T. is an adventure movie. So what about adventure non-movies? What about adventure novels or TV shows? <clears throat> or video games? Young Indiana adventure. Jones. What's that? <laughs> um... Let's see. Well, the X Files. I could see that because they do globe trot. They do all go well, at least country trot. They go all right. over the country. And he is looking for his sister, and he's looking for the truth. Yeah, yeah. And it has a, a the smoking man is the bad guy. So I, I and it doesn't have and it doesn't have any sci-fi, so it works, right? That's right. There's ha! no sci-fi. I turned it around on you. <laughs> There's zero sci-fi in the X Files. No sci-fi. That's all the truth. Um, TV, eh? I mean, it's dominated hard. Like, dominated by sitcoms and uh, Twin Peaks. Maybe it all takes place in one town, though. I don't know. Okay, I, I did not. Oh, but different times and dreams. Wow. There's an actual cartoon named Adventure Time. See, now they give like Game of Thrones. They say it's an adventure television show, but that one I have a hard time saying because it's missing the talisman. Like, what's the one thing they're looking for? Right, the throne. That's hard to say. I'd say they know where the throne is and they know who's on it, <laughs> but they all want to occupy it. They do say your Titans show is an adventure show, which I don't know. Um, I think as far as Game of Thrones is concerned, have the, is there like any you've read the books? Is there a main character? 
I mean, honestly, if you're going to point to one and you say Jon Snow, but that's even then that's pushing it. Yeah. Like, on purpose, he's diffused the narrative so there's not one main character. Tyrion and Jon Snow and Daenerys are the three big ones you would point to. But a whole slew of characters have their own perspectives. Arya, Sansa. I mean, in the last book, there's even a character that lives and dies within the book, and he's a perspective character. Mm. So that I have a... I mean, Game of Thrones, yes, in Game of Thrones, you definitely have the transitions. But yeah, what's the goal? What's the one, like, except for surviving and dealing with the circumstances as they arise? There's not a big quest. There's not a big goal. Not like Lord of the Rings. Not like you Monty know, Python, not the Holy like, Grail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Which would be I mean, up there as well. I look at Google, Google listing all these different TV shows, and I have Black Sails, sure, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. But they list all these other ones like Buffy and Smallville and The Flash and Supergirl and Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I, I don't agree with that as adventure. I, yeah, think, I feel like TV has a hard time with adventure. Well, especially TV doesn't have. Yeah, and it's serialized to some degree. Right. So unless you've got something like The X-Files that has nine fucking seasons plus of trying to seek the truth, you know, I guess Buffy... Well, I mean, you, I suppose they all have that start to finish, you know, unless it's a sitcom or something like that, that, you know, wow. you could dig, you could dig <clears throat> and justify an opinion when it comes to television shows. No, my opinion's right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like Buffy, like it takes place in one town and it's her reacting to what happens to her, not her trying to seek something out. Right. You know, like she, if she had her way, she'd be just sitting at home doing regular Buffy stuff, living her life with shit keeps happening to her. Like all these superhero shows are the same way. Like I'm going to hang out in this city and I'm going to wait for shit to go down. Then I'm going to attack it. Yeah. I'm going to react. X-Files. I feel like with the quest of how, you know, finding the truth about the aliens, finding out about a sister and then moving all over the country does nudge it into adventure territory. Well, did you ever see that cartoon from back in the, way back in the day called the cities of gold or the seven cities of gold or something like that no what was it's like it's like on usa or something and i remember as a kid but it was literally that this kid he has a half of an amulet and this girl has another half they bring them together and they can activate this fucking flying machine and they're seeking the cities of gold and it's an adventure cartoon absolutely an adventure cartoon hmm. i don't think i've ever seen it i actually really liked it when i was a kid i can still remember the theme song sing hey. it Something, something. <laughs> He's a go- Anyways, you get the gist. <laughs> no, I want to hear more. Ah, cities of gold. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. City now I remember. Gold. Yeah, now you got it. I knew you get it. Google it. City, something in the cities of gold. It's actually, it was a pretty decent cartoon. Fucking Pokemon as a cartoon is probably an adventure cartoon. You know? Yeah. What about adventure books? I think it would. It's probably easier to have an adventure book, and you could probably argue that most books are some type of adventure. Um, what's the one with uh, Katniss? The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, never read those. Um, well, we talked about Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings and that. Uh, who the stand? Yes, exactly. The quest was well, in a weird way, the quest as stated, was the bad guy's quest in the stand. Randall Flagg had a quest to 
you know, kill off the one people and take over the world and all that shit. Yeah. And yet everybody moving from whatever part of the country they were into good guy no. land or bad guy <laughs> land. Yeah. Reno. Was it don't, Reno? I th- don't they go to Reno? They, they uh, Boulder, Colorado. The good guys go to Boulder. The bad guys, I thought, went to Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is Reno. Uh, it's one of those. I don't remember. Some, same thing. Bad well, guy, bad guy. Something, something. <laughs> I did find a list of what's considered the best adventure novels of all time and they're all old as shit or ancient <laughs> oh, novels like the bible the odyssey oh not well the odyssey predates the bible i think yeah so you have the odyssey what they consider the best adventure novel gulliver's travels moby dick treasure and treasure island is the first one i thought of when i thought of like adventure novels mm-hmm. because yeah even though i never read it you know it's a story everybody knows going you know Long John Silver going to the island, fighting at the tre- you know exactly what everybody thinks of lobsters. Right, King Solomon's Mines, the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. It's in the title, The Heart of Darkness, which I never read, but you and I have both seen the movie version of The Heart of Darkness. Yeah, what am I talking about? In the Heart of Darkness. Yeah, is uh, in the Heart of the I'm Sea. Uh, I don't know what that is. Apocalypse Now, in pretty much all ways, shapes, and forms. The apocalypse now is the heart of darkness. That's definitely an adventure. Yeah. Well, the novel's about the guy going deep into Africa, into the Congo, and what's his name? Martin Sheen. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Makes the movie version. <laughs> yeah. Is the movie version, Apocalypse Now, was the movie version of the heart of darkness. Uh, Call of the Wild from Jack London. Sheltering Sky, which I never read. And then The Road from Cormac McCarthy, which I did read. I guess I could see that as being an adventure novel because he's moving from, I think he goes down to Florida, if I remember right. And the goal is the, the quest, the talisman, safety. Fuck, usually adventures aren't that fucking depressing, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's post-apocalyptic. It is, yeah. As is the stand. True enough. Well, I guess it depends on how, like, uh, Wool, that Hugh Howie. Mm-hmm omnibus they live in a silo but they travel from the top to the bottom but i don't from the top to the bottom from the top uh, stop sorry that was a lincoln park song (laughs) uh helter skelter i never i don't know that song it's beatles right and then motley crew yeah but and then when i get to the bottom i go back to the top like i probably heard the song but i can't offhand think of it helter skelter Helter Skelter. That's right. And they carved swastikas in their foreheads. And the swastika is a Nazi symbol. So, Which, before that, it was a Buddhist symbol of something, peace or something shit like that. Well, it looked very intimidating. So. It's true. Now he's dead, though, so that's fine. That's what you think. <laughs> it's like Elvis. He's maybe still around. On a UFO. Well, yeah. The aliens came and picked him up. <laughs> Those stupid racist aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we got to go down and get Hitler. Save He's got him. This head. We got to do it. Peace. So yes, adventure movies. So if you had to pick a genre that was your favorite, do you think adventure movie would be higher than anything else? Like would it be the bottom, the top, the middle? What, what would you say? Well, I really like sci-fi, so I don't know as I could say. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um... Yeah, when I think of... I feel like you're just waiting <laughs> to throw that in there. 
like Star Wars, Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark, um, you know, those types of things. Yeah, I love those. Those those are my favorite types of movies. Um, so the top. They are absolutely at the top. Action adventure, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. Um comedy adventures. Mm-hmm. I would say I would count like Fletch. Would you call that a comedy adventure? So I think I've said this before, but if I if for anybody that doesn't remember confession time, I saw Fletch two. Before I saw Fletch one, and Fletch two is definitely the one I remember better. Yeah, and same yes, movie, I would just call, uh, different. I, w- I would call that a comedy adventure because he does go from he's got the quest to find out what's going on with that. Speaking of Fletch two, that property he inherited. Yeah, and then he goes to all these different. He transitions to all these different areas. So yeah, that that's definitely a comedy adventure. Yeah, the first and- Fletch I have seen, but it's been so long. I- I barely remember. I remember yeah, the Proctology it's the, same, it's the same movie. Moon Just River. <laughs> Moon River. You ever done yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that that's probably my favorite genre is the comedy adventure. Vacation. Yep. Ashley yeah. Lampoon's Vacation. Um, maybe not Christmas Vacation well, so much. but Oh, my God. Vacation is like the definition of an adventure movie. The goal is Wally World. The quest is Wally World. It, and the entire movie is a transition from one area to another. Yeah. That's definitely, it's a comedy adventure. Yeah. And I'd say that that is probably at my top of movie genres that I enjoy. I agree. They're just, they're just fun. They're just, you're along for the ride. You, you feel like you vicariously live through the character. So when yeah. they go to the top of the mountain or the across the sea or to the bottom of the valley, you know, you're there with them. You feel that thrill. Mm-hmm. That is I not to take anything away from horror or thriller or action movies, but definitely the comedy adventure is probably my favorite. Sure. Monty Python okay. and Holy Grail. Do you I mean, I feel like a bad friend now. I want to ask you what your favorite movie is. I don't because nothing's coming to mind right now. Um well I well we've talked about it before and Serenity is my favorite movie, but it's Okay, not so the, I, I thought of that. Yeah, it's uh, if you take that out of the equation because that's way more than my favorite movie just because it's a good movie because it's definitely not the best movie that's ever been made um sure oh brother where art thou was there pulp fiction both adventure movies oh brother where art thou yes absolutely i don't know about pulp fiction pulp fiction is too disjointed there's not one single goal one single thing they're looking for to make that adventure right um another one right up there is shawshank redemption i love that movie yeah not really I'm, I'm gonna have a adventure movie. Yeah, I would have a hard time calling that adventure. Yeah. So, you know, Star Wars is again Sure. You that's the same vein as Serenity, you know, great adventure movie, but you know, is it the well, best movie that's ever been made? Can can we have that discussion? Can we have that argument about Star Wars being the made. best movie that's ever been made? Because it's clearly <laughs> not. But you know, it, maybe it isn't, it isn't. You know, maybe one of the most influential movies that's ever been made. Yeah, what do you define as best? Is it the best quality, the best story, the best? No, it's not. The best effects, no. even that. No, it's not. But is it the best in that? Is it the most enduring and influential? Imagine spawn. Yes, influential cultural touchstone. Uh, the argument uh, argument can be made. I don't. Know. We'll have to pose that question at work. Okay, anybody that works with us that is listening to this, I want you to write down a little piece of paper. Yes or no, is Star Wars the best movie that was ever made? 
crumple it up and throw it at us when you see us in the hallway. <laughs> we'll, we won't take offense. We'll know what's, what the whole thing is about. Yes. Now, yeah. if you write something like eat a dick and then draw a picture of a rape orgy and then throw that at me, I will take offense. <laughs> Unless it has a swastika on the other side. Well, if you draw a picture of a rape orgy and it's high quality, I can appreciate the art for the art's sake. I could yeah. do that. Yeah, I'd say right up there at the very tippy top of my favorite movies is Aliens, a James Cameron joint. Uh, kind of takes place on a ship or like planet. They, you know, they they move around. They you know, I, like I want to excuse to say talk about Aliens again. <laughs> can we talk about Aliens for a little while? Let's talk about Aliens. Is it an adventure movie? No. No, not really. Is it maybe the best movie ever? Possibly. Yeah. Very possibly. Does it have the most quotable lines ever? Fuck yes. Yep. Fuck it. You walk up to anybody and you say the words, watch put her in charge or game over, man, game over. Anything Hudson says. Yeah. And I... somebody responds to you, you have met a friend for life. I, 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 yes, straight out. I'd love to hear like any of his bloopers from that whole, <laughs> or maybe... Like, okay, you've read the script, now do some off-the-cuff. I'd love <laughs> to hear some of his... I do have the Alien Quadrilogy on DVD that comes with a, an extra disc of extra content. Maybe I'll have to search that. Because it's that's something that I hated about that fucking box set, is that they hid so much stuff like behind... Wait, Quadrilogy? What's the, what's the fourth one? Resurrection. So after after Resurrection... Oh, right, right, right. Jesus, I... <laughs> I didn't think of the third one. I don't know what it went on in my head. Oh, That's you weird. mean Alien Three? Alien Three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, after after uh, Resurrection came out, they did a a box set called <laughs> Alien Quadrilogy. <laughs> What was wrong with me? <laughs> and it came with five discs. And the fifth disc uh, had all kinds of bonus. <laughs> you good? I'm sorry. I completely. <laughs> oh, are you okay? Are you drunk? No, I just can't fathom the workings of my own mind, and that's sad to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, taking taking control. Okay. Alien good. 3 was a thing. It, it existed. Okay, I got you. David Fincher? Sure. Uh, <laughs> music done by Elliot Goldenthal? Was it the same music in Die Hard? <laughs> no. But wouldn't that okay. be funny if it was the same music as Die Hard 3? There was a Die Hard 3? Yeah, it was actually really good. I'm pretty it's sure there was like 1, 2, 4, it, it's 5. Called, it's called Die Hard 3. That doesn't Sorry. make sense at all. No, it doesn't. What is Die Hard? Was there another one? Because the second one was Die Hard Two: Die Harder. Is that <laughs> is that right? I don't see. Here's the beginning and ending of what I remember about Die Hard Two: They threw grenades that took five minutes to go off. <laughs> Done. That was the entire movie in my mind. Die Hard. Movie. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure the first one is Die Hard. The second one. The second one is Die Hard Two. Uh. The tagline was Die Harder. The third mm. one was Die Hard with a Vengeance. The fourth one was Live Free or Die Hard. And then the fifth one was A Good Day to Die Hard. So the sixth one should just be called Hard. Nope. They uh, 
they already have a six one called McLean. <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, let's see. Details are emerging about Die Hard Year One. <clears throat> so it looks like it might, one. might be either a reboot or uh... yeah, that means not even Bruce Willis because there's no way <gasps> or CGI Bruce Willis. Die Hard Six, starring Bruce Willis, will be called McLean. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I I have not seen any of them past the second one, so I don't. Uh... The third one's really good. I encourage you to watch it. It's um. Uh... I want to say he goes back to New York City and there's a guy trying to rob a bank and he's using uh tunnel. Is it with Sam Jackson? Yes. I saw parts of that. Yeah, and uh the guy robbing the banks is totally using Bane from Rise of the Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises. It's Dark Knight Rises. He's I like think digging the version is Dark Knight Rises. He's like digging tunnels under the city in order to <laughs> distract yeah he is digging tunnels midget orgy oh yeah uh anyway no uh die hard 3 is really not that bad yes yeah, so <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna are you no i'm not <laughs> not even a little bit there'll be a test later yeah okay i will i will study up for it i'll let's see explosion explosion yippee-ki-yay firearm done i think the grenades go off a little bit faster well, third. that's good because that was that was my impression of the youth. I think I got scarred by those grenades in my young and formidable days. That's not or maybe you word. just thought grenades took a long time to blow up. It takes them a little while to get where they're going. I mean, yeah, anyway, it's like, pretty messed up because when I started playing around with grenades, there was some tragedy, and it was all based <laughs> on what I saw in that movie. Yeah, like, wait a minute, you you should have plenty of time to get out of the way. What the hell? That's your fault. Well, see, they needed them to go off a little bit later because. The basically you got the high ground and when you'd get the high ground from the enemy you'd pull the pin on the grenade and then you'd set it down and it would roll down the hill because you have the high ground. gravity it yes i got you. gravity and it needed to, to roll and you needed to give it time to roll down the hill so okay that's that's Velocity why makes it go off quicker rolling it delays the response you know science i got yeah you. it is it's all it's all warfare science <laughs> all right so you got any uh last words about the adventure of adventure movies. Uh, it is probably my favorite genre. Uh, the eighties were magical for adventure movies. <clears throat> I have to agree because I could point to a handful of movies past the eighties that were good adventure movies. Yeah. Like the first mummy I thought was surprisingly good. Like I didn't expect much when I saw that movie and I was like, wow, this is actually way better than I thought it would be. The sequels all suck. The first Pirates of the Caribbean surprisingly good better than i thought it would be the sequels all sucked agreed beyond that i can't think of a good adventure movie post well on a grand scale i like there are adventure movies that are kind of you know hidden gems like oh brother where art thou i i love that movie yeah, and okay, i know yeah. it's it's not for everybody that's for sure um yeah it, not for everybody that has a brain i think wait uh, Cohen Brothers. I think that that's kind of their shtick. Do we talk about Racing Arizona? Because that's a good adventure movie. Yes, we we mentioned Racing Arizona. Okay. I think that was after your second beer. <laughs> <laughs> Anything after that one is we might as well talk about it again. Yeah. Um, the Big Lebowski. That. Uh, mm, where does he go? You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, he he leaves his apartment. He goes to a bowling <laughs> alley. He goes. True. He goes to the bad guy's <laughs> lair. Yeah, I don't, I'm gonna say no, and you know my word is final. So just say it. 
Wait, hold on. I'm going to ask the dog. He didn't have much to say. He he looked at his thing about it, though. <laughs> but yeah, the 80s, <laughs> very definitely the, uh, the 80s were prime time for adventure movies. King of adventure. Not according to fucking Rotten Tomatoes, but fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes know? gave the money pit a 47%. Eat a dick, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is definitely not anything what it used to be anyway, I guess. I guess it was all, at one point in time, it was all user-based. Mm. I'm pretty sure Rotten Tomatoes started out as just a place for people to go to either bash a movie or say it was great, and then critics got involved. Well, then Disney started spending a lot of money for... Mm-hmm. After The Last Jedi... Well, okay, I'm going to stop there because nobody wants to hear me talk about The Last Jedi anymore. <laughs> so, moving on. What's your philosophy? We've, we've done the topic, adventure movies. What is your philosophy question? I need to know. <laughs> God, now it's so hyped. I would think that you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> never, never with philosophy. I love that shit. Okay. Well, like I said, it's it's probably more trivia than it is philosophy, but... Well, I think let's... we should put the brakes on. Is this... Are we making a new segment here? Are we making a new... Yes, let's make a new segment. Recurring. Okay. Philosophy and you. Philosophy and you. P-A-U. We're going to make the POW segment. And... Ah. <laughs> huh? Pa. Well, my hey. my question started out more philosophical, oh, and now I'm going to have turned... to stop. When I said philosophy and you, I thought of literally the letter U because my mind's been warped by texting. So Poi. that's why I said pa. It'd be pay. pay Anyways, pay. go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, the the question started out more philosophical, and as as I tried to work it through my own mind to see what I would say, uh, it turned more. Tr- into trivia less philosophical more trivia so i'll just i'm I'm just gonna say it and you can you can give me your answer imagine we're sitting here just like we are right now and you for whatever reason get sucked into a wormhole and are transported back to the year 1998 okay now through your transport through the wormhole information was planted into your brain that you need to convince the American government, let's just say the president of the United States, you have to convince the president of the United States that you are from the future or you are going to die. How How, would I do it? How would you convince the president of the United States in 1998 that you are from the future? Damn. Like, okay, okay, I'd say right here, right now, there'd be no good way for me to do it immediately. Okay, let's just, I, I was prepared for this part. Let's just say that you have until December 31st, 1998, and say it's right now, January, what is it, the 19th? or st- Oh, now it's the 20th. We're past midnight. So January 20th, 1998, you have until December 31st, 1998 to convince the President of the United States that you are from the future or you are going to die. And everybody you love is going to die. Well, okay. So I, I just added that second bit to be more dramatic. But. <laughs> this you're essentially testing my knowledge of history because I am more than that. There's a there's a second part to this question. I am tall. I am testing your knowledge of 1998, but I'm also testing how would you gain an audience with the president? Like how would <laughs> how would you do it? How would you approach? the fact that you needed to convince the president of the United States that you are from the future. Go. See, Okay, so when did he get impeached? When did Clinton get... Because he's the president in 98. I'm pretty sure they started the process in 1998. So I could start... I could start a website 
because the <laughs> internet was up and going. Yeah, so you called what? ClintBainMonica.com. <laughs> well, they knew Clinton... in 1998, everybody knew. That's the year that okay. they had the, what's the definition of is? There, okay, so at the beginning of the year, was the is thing coming out? I could say, what what is the definition of is? BlueDress.com. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> okay. Uh, shit. Like something profound that happened in 98. I chose 98 could... specifically because like, it was how would, such how would a I... hard year. Yeah, it was. How old? How old were was, you in nineteen ninety eight? Well, it, it was hard at first, and then it deflated. And she saved the dress. And she saved the dress. I was, uh, depending on what point in ninety eight, I was twenty. So okay. at the beginning of ninety eight, I was nineteen. So nineteen year old, nineteen years old. Like, like you said, how do you get the president's attention? I feel like you're gonna have to get the world's attention to get to him. So something with a website. Okay. Um, there weren't that many big influential websites at the time so something on aol shit <laughs> <laughs> something let, to do with aol something let me to do know with Netscape. let me know when you want to be bailed out or yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to save it because i got nothing okay i'll, I'll give you a what couple. do you got what what is your answer what is my then, answer then, then follow-up question how the fuck does this have to, anything to do with the philosophy well it started out. This is how it started. Okay, I'll I'll bail you out on the 1998, saying you don't have to go back to 1998. Where this original, where this question originated was, how far, where would you have to go in time? Say that you were transported through a wormhole. Same exact scenario, but you got to pick mm -hmm. the year, but you still had to convince the president of the United States. You had to convince the president of the United States what year would be ideal for you to go back to where you would be able to convince the president that you were like, what, what year do you know enough about or what year do you, what would be perfect for you to go back and say, I know this and that's going to put me in the Oval Office talking to the president of the United States about time travel. Well, I feel like the obvious answer is like, 2001 you know yeah 9 11 stuff like that because like you could you could have some nut going to the president going there's gonna be a terrorist attack in new york it's gonna target the trade center yeah yeah yeah. and they'd be like get in line and then it, and then if it happens they're like okay you obviously have some inside knowledge of it but if you laid it out like there's a terrorist attack it's targeted the trade center and one of the planes that gets hijacked gets taken down by the passengers inside and one of the planes hits a pentagon but doesn't do any lasting damage and you're going to be sitting there reading a book, a children's book, when it happens, and you're going to freeze, you know, talking to Bush, and you're going to freeze, and you're going to hold off for a few minutes before you make a decision, and Howard Stern's going to have the best coverage about, you know, like weird details that terrorists themselves wouldn't know about. That would be the easiest, because that shit was always in our minds. It was inundated with us. But, you know, peel back 20 years and tell me, you know, enough detail, you know, dredge up enough detail about world event shit nothing crazy happened in the 90s you know we there was rwanda and there was the balkans and eh, <laughs> the not you know i could tell you if you want me to convince my younger self about that i'm from the future sure i could do that all day long but right that would be easy yeah yeah exactly it started out that way it started out being super easy but like would you is there a time um like previous to your own existence could you go back to 1920 and and <laughs> well, convince? 
I could go back to 1864 and convince Mary Todd Lincoln that I'm from the future. Well, but... okay. So, and that's kind of <laughs> what I'm getting at is you would have been able to get an audience with Abraham Lincoln. He well, was because it was easy back then anyways. Right. To touch so, the president. Yeah, that's right. So maybe you could go back to a time when it was easy to access the president. And would you be able to come up with some things that would, because a president that long ago might have had heard or like fantasized about time travel, but certainly mm -hmm. not to the extent that like uh, the explosion of science fiction and, you know, when did uh, Jules Verne do uh, Time Machine? 1998. Ooh, well, it's about a time machine, right? Well, what I'm saying is, is when, like, <laughs> when was the idea of time travel, like, widely accepted? Well, I'm sure the idea, I mean, Mark Twain did a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, so the idea is always well Mark Twain around. But could you go back to, could you go back to talk to George Washington and say, I'm from the future? I mean, just simply the by you. The concept would be not hard to, to uh, describe. Hey, he's a witch. Kill him. I'm from. Yes, exactly. Through magic or the demons or God's grace. I'm from the fucking future. Like the, the concept is not one that would be like blowing somebody's mind. It's just convincing them. Right. Yeah. Right. And maybe by your appearance and your demeanor, you might get away with like going to the White House and sleeping on the floor and the, on the first floor like they used to. And so mm -hmm. when the president came down the next morning, you could have an audience with him. Like, like well, how, you, how you know, easy or hard would it be to say, I'm from the future? Yeah, we'll prove it. Well, uh, you know, at the first battle of Bull Run, this is going to happen. Or, you know, like. Well, I, I'd say the only way to prove something to somebody like that, whether it be the president or anybody, you got two choices. You got one, like you said, relate a future event that hasn't happened yet, the battle of Bull Run or whatever. Wait for it to happen and then say, see, I told you. Which is iffy because then they could look at you suspiciously, like, what did you have to do with it? Right. Or you would have to be some kind of historical scholar, no secrets about the president or whoever you're talking to that they haven't disseminated to the wider public, but that history has uncovered. And then let them know, hey, I know you could go to Thomas Jefferson and say, hey, I know about Sally Hemings. You know, you've been sticking it to her. <laughs> because DNA tests have shown that descendants of Sally Hemings are Thomas Jefferson's descendants. descendants. Um, so you could be like, hey, this little deep dark secret you have where you're stripping your slave. Yeah. It's I not, know it because oh, I'm. Yeah, it's not a secret in the future. Not a secret in the future. But then again, he could just accuse you of being like a top peeping Tom or something, you know? <laughs> and then have you shot. <laughs> and then, yes, exactly. Oh, so uh, you know the secret? Uh, how many other people know the secret? Kablow. So what do you got? Do you have an answer for the question? What would you do? Well, my answer, I mean, is probably on par. I mean, 9-11 is that nothing compares to that as far as those types of things. But to be less nefarious, I guess, or I don't know exactly how I would get the attention of the president. But I feel like if you could go back in time and start talking about teams that won the Super Bowl, and mm. you know those types of things like i could <laughs> i could go back sports almanac yeah i mean seriously kind of how this originated was thinking if i were transported back in time i wouldn't have remembered any of the lottery <laughs> lottery numbers that would <laughs> yeah, help me be successful yeah i mean what i would do is i 
would go back in time far enough where I could raise some money and I would buy Apple stock in 1997. I would buy, yeah, uh, you know, Google and Amazon. Of course, it's not going to pay off in one year. But mm. if if you don't have that one year time limit on the table, if you just have like you have to go back in time and you have to convince the president that you're, you know, from the future, you could go back in time and you could buy Apple stock at in 1997 you could buy google you could buy yahoo and when you be when you literally become a billionaire and have an audience with the president because you've contributed to a campaign or something and he could say well what's your secret what's your investing secret you could say i'm from the future and by the way the uh you know the cleveland indians are going to win the the world series this year (laughs) by a score of you know, the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl this year, or <laughs> it's not very big a prediction, right there. They usually win, but in but in two thousand one, it absolutely was. Yeah, okay. If you could, True. if you could go back to two thousand one at the beginning of the season and say the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, and you two is going to be the halftime show, uh, <laughs> they're going to beat the St. Louis Rams by a score of you know twenty three to twenty. Huh. That's you could. You know, you could start naming big stars that haven't broken through yet. Like in 1998, you could say there's this. I probably save it saying 98. You said there's this girl in pigtails wearing a schoolgirl uniform named Britney Spears that explodes on the scene with a pop song about domestic violence. You know, and she becomes huge. And you could talk about movies that haven't hit the theater yet that will become right. like phenomenons. You know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you could do things to mount up the evidence so i like the fact that i mentioned britney spears thinking about domestic violence that you didn't bad an eyelash hit me baby one more time that's hell yeah 100 percent dv (laughs) (laughs) dv assault that's good all right well anyway that was my that was my uh little take on half philosophical half trivia okay well i had my own okay if you don't mind nope let's roll it's have is philosophical slash hmm, science, I guess, but it's not a definite answer. It's definitely a what would you what what's your opinion type of question. Okay. So, and I I think I honestly right here right now I'm not sure what you're gonna say. So philosophically speaking, are you a dualist? And by dualist, what I mean is the idea that the mind is separate from the body. Like we have brains, but the mind is not something that depends on our brain. So, like, you could remove your brain and your, like, brain stem and spinal cord and put it in another, put it in a tank of fluid and, you mean that, or are you meaning, like, like I spiritually? I mean, I guess almost spiritually, like, like, the idea that our brains are just the, the antenna, the receiver for something that is broadcast, which is called the mind, which is called consciousness. Like, consciousness does not necessarily arise from the brain. Consciousness is its own thing. It's its own separate entity. Like Rene Descartes is a philosopher who coined the phrase, I think, therefore I am. But he was a dualist. He believed that the mind, that the the consciousness was a separate entity from the physical mushy brain inside our heads. And I wonder what you thought of that. Well, I think I've been watching a lot of the YouTube videos from Joe Rogan doing the whole DMT stuff. Oh, and, right. Uh, right. And I feel like there has to be something to that. Um, as far as a spiritual person, I'm agnostic, so it's hard for me to take a stand one side or the other on <laughs> that belief. Um, 
I also heard a fact. I I'm sure I'm getting this wrong, but it's like one or like nine out of the ten cells in your body are bacteria or something like that. Like yeah, like if you go purely by number of cells, bacteria outnumbers the rest of them. Yeah, or something like that. so we're just yeah. basically walking bags of bacteria. But well, like bacteria cells are smaller than the other cells, so well by actual mass we're but by pure number of cells there's more bacteria than the rest yeah i think i heard that yeah so i don't know and i i know that we've had sort of this discussion before that there's a feeling inside me that i don't think i think it transcends like the physical because like i have a connection with my dog my dog's right here and i'm scratching my dog's belly um i love my dog and my dog loves me and if that is a random if that if that feeling I have for my dog and that my dog has for me, if that is just a random roll of the dice of the universe, like that thought bothers me. <laughs> I feel like that connection that all it goes, is chemicals in your brain. Right. Like like, you know, nature is telling me that I have this connection with this animal because I want it to protect me when the time is right. Not mm. the fact that, you know, I would throw myself in front of a car for this dog or like the same goes for my kids you know instinct is that my kids look like me so i want to protect them and not kill them Mm -hmm. and my the feelings that i have for my wife are like you know i want to procreate so while i found a mate and it in order for me to achieve the things that i want in my life i keep her around like you know i i feel like those would be more random. And I know that there are people that feel that way, but for me, the love that I have and the connection I have with other beings is beyond the physical. So like the idea that every part of what you said, the love you have for your pets and your family is nothing but electrical impulses in your brain and chemicals bubbling in the right spot. You don't like that. If that's what it is, I don't I don't like that thought. I don't and it's not that I don't subscribe to it because that a hundred percent could be it. That just mm-hmm. that thought bums me out. I I want to believe. Sure. I want to believe and it makes me happy to believe that there's something beyond that, you know, that connection that's whether it's God or whether it's heaven or whether it's, you know, just aliens, puppeteers, mm-hmm. you know. Like whether my brain or the, the electricity that's making these decisions in my brain comes from uh, a Wi-Fi connection to a server somewhere else, you know, like all these would be, could be scenarios. I feel like it makes me happier to think that spiritually that connection comes from somewhere else, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, I guess the reason I'm asking this question, I just saw a YouTube video, which made me really think. So what I've been thinking for a long time, um, I guess where to start. Okay. We can point as we being like the collective science, like not me personally, because I've never done science, but you know, the scientists, the neurosurgeons out there, the biologists, they can point to different areas of the brain and say, this controls this emotion, this aspect of your personality, this instinct. Like there was a, there's a story about this guy in the 1800s named Phineas Gage, who was a railroad, railroad worker who got a railroad spike through his head and he lived, they extracted it. Before he got that accident, he was a good worker. He was married. He was a trustworthy, salt of the earth guy. Everybody liked him. Once they extracted that, part of his brain was destroyed. 
he could still walk and talk and think and act and work and do whatever he wanted, but he was an asshole. Like that part of the brain was destroyed and it changed his personality. So throughout my life, well, throughout my adult life, when I've became more of a, what they call materialist, my whole thing was, yes, the even though we'd like to think otherwise, the brain is still the ultimate source of what we are. Mess with the brain, you mess with what we are. So how could there be anything on the outside when once you fuck with the brain, it changes what you are? But, but I just watched this clip of this guy that used this analogy that made me think. So he said, think of your being or your body or your brain or whatever you want to look at. Think of it as an old TV set and you have a picture on the screen and the picture, if you think of the brain purely, if you think of consciousness purely materialistically, then you look at the picture on the screen and thinking the TV set must form that picture. The picture originates with a TV set mm-hmm. because I could, I could break up with the back of that TV set and I could mess with the wires. I could mess with the antenna. I could mess with all this stuff and I could change the way the screen looks. The analogy being if I damage the brain, I change the output. You know, I, cha- I damage the brain and my personality change. And I damage the TV set, the screen gets fuzzy or the changes colors, the vertical gets messed up or the horizontal gets messed up. So you conclude, well, the origin of this picture is in the TV set. Look, I changed these things, I changed the picture. It's like, but anybody that knows the TV set knows that the picture has nothing to do with the content, has nothing to do with the TV. The content's beamed in from somewhere else. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm going, geez, that makes a lot of sense. And then I change my mind again. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, for this analogy to make sense, changing the wiring in the TV would have to change the content itself, not just make the picture fuzzy, but turn a sitcom into a horror movie. Like the way I treat the TV changes the content. If this analogy makes sense. Like I have a TV and I take it outside and I speak nice to it and I call it the best TV in the world. So I have this nice fluffy comedy or this children's show, or I take the TV and I put it in the basement and I kick it and abuse it. And all of a sudden the horror movie comes on. That's what would make sense with the analogy because that's what happens with humans. We take a human, we lock it in a basement and we slap the shit out of it for 13 years. You can have a psychopath or you take a human and you stroke its hair and you call it all the good things in the world until it's going to be nice and great and it's the best thing ever. And you're going to have a well-adjusted, nice person. But what if, but, but what if it's more like there's a, a third option where you're moving the antenna and picking up different channels. So there are other things broadcast. There are multiple things being broadcast over the the waves, and you have a a comedy on channel two, and a drama on channel five, and then a horror on channel seven. And just by moving the antenna, you're going to pick up a different station, a, a different, you know, the content can change based on where the antenna sits. You have, you don't have just the antenna. You also have knobs. So maybe you you add like the antenna gets bent and the knob gets turned. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, there are so, multiple things changing changing the content of the television. So I mean, maybe there are multiple things being broadcast, and depending on what channel it's on and where the antenna sits, that's what comes through. So that actually, yes, and that kind of occurred to me too. And like I said, I reversed myself, then I reversed myself back. (laughs) And then I reversed myself again because I had this other thought. 
as you know, I'm a determinist. I think free will is an illusion. Mm -hmm. So almost by definition, I believe that everything we think and are and show to the world ultimately originates from outside ourselves. So my first instinct was to shrink away from the idea of a broadcast as our consciousness comes from something else because that smacks too much of what's doing the broadcast. Where's it coming from? You know, and most people's idea would be, well, God or, you know, the universe or some entity. It's also, it's also incredibly simplistic that our consciousness is simply just a broadcast. It could be something yeah. that we don't even understand that is far richer and far deeper than that, you know? But if the idea of, you know, determinism is that everything we are depends on factors that extend beyond from before we were born, then in a sense, yes, everything we think, all of our consciousness, our personalities do originate from an outside source. So that was a, I am not even kidding, that entire thing happened to me in the shower. That was like the weirdest shower thought I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but when you said, oh, we want to do philosophy, that I immediately thought of that. I'm like, oh my God, that would be awesome. Like, yeah. Well, that's a good question. What because, do you think? Yeah. I mean, like there are so many things that affect my behavior right now. Like what I'm thinking, what I'm doing right. right now is comes from within me, but it also comes from outside sources. It's mm -hmm. dual because my dog in just a minute or like sometime in the next half hour is going to be absolutely right up my ass to go outside to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I know that this is something that's going to happen and that I could prevent that by just doing it right now, but I'm involved in something else. I sure. could do it myself. Or I could wait for him to influence me to do it. Because as soon as he gets my face like that, I'm I have to do it. Or he's gonna, you know, piss inside the house. So I don't know. It, like so your behavior is determined by outside forces, which you may be able to predict, but you may not, because he might not. This might be the one day where he doesn't go by his schedule. You know, yet like your consciousness, your your actions in effect are broadcast to you by your environment, by the world around you, by the universe around you, by your history, by the history of the things around you, so on and so forth. So in a sense, even though my instinctual materialistic instincts are instinctual and instinctive, sorry, anyways, <laughs> in, a, in a sense, my materialism shrinks away from the idea of consciousness being beamed to us from an outside. I mean, a rose by any other name, it's still a rose. I, it, it's just changing the semantics of it. Am I a dualist? I don't know. Holy shit. <laughs> well, the good know. thing is, is you don't have to know. <laughs> That's right. That's philosophy. Philosophy is all about questions that have no answers. So right. that was my philosophy question. There you go. Well, think about it. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, I'm done thinking about it. We really uh, put the profound, the profundication, I think. That's right. I hope, uh, I hope I was able to give you an answer. And... Nary a dick joke or fart joke or rape joke oh, to be heard. So. Damn. I know. Total missed point. opportunity. What would you do if your brain was raped? Would it change your personality? There you go. Yes. I well, would not. I feel like my brain is raped every time I watch a reality show. But Oh, go. God. Well, don't watch them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll do this next week, too. All right. Do you got any trivia? I do have a trivia question. Um, real simple. What was Antarctica's name before it was antarctica um slap happy sappy nope antarctica's name it was oh it was probably like uh some kind of mythical thing right it was like australopgia you were wicked close you were like stupid close. something right 
because the word Austral means south, which, okay, I'm sorry, but I have to do this divergence. When did Oriental become racist? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> because the word when, Orient means east. The word when, Occident means west. The word Boreal means north. The word Austral means south. Say Oriental just means eastern. What the fuck? Why is that racist? No, it's when we started to appropriate them. Cultural yeah, appropriation. I'm going to yeah. say Oriental. I'm going to take it back. Oriental. And that's why, like, you can't, if you decided that you were going to make tacos in a street truck, like a one of those food trucks mm-hmm. in Portland, Maine, and you were going to make tacos, if you make tacos better than people from Mexico, that's cultural appropriation. You can't do it. <laughs> so it's just degrees of quality. Yeah. So I'm going to say final answer to your question, Australia. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Antarctica was Australia for the longest time. And then like some buffoon was just like, no, we're going to start calling Australia, Australia, <laughs> come up with something else for Antarctica. And they're Figure like, "Figure it out, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 20 years that people were like, I don't, well, it's not Australia anymore. So what do we call it? I don't know. What do you call it? I don't know. And then they came up with Antarctica and it stuck. But I mean, Antarctica literally anyway. means not the Arctic. Opposite right. of the Arctic. Antarctica. Right, pretty much, yeah. So, was, is that the only, your only one? Yeah, that was the question. Okay. Antarctica was Australia. Okay, weirdly enough, mine is sort of related <laughs> in a strange way. Weird. Because my question is about Santa Claus. Really? The Arctic, yes. The North Pole and South Pole. Yeah, we, we, hit, the, we hit the entirety of the globe. Okay, so my question, I think it's a pro- apropos because we're still close to December. You know, we were a little past Christmas, but whatever. So Santa Claus was inspired by a real person, St. Nicholas. I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. What was he the saint of? Back rubs. You know what? You're really close. <laughs> In a strange way. In a I real strange way? In a very... Like Swedish massage. Sque- okay, I want to say you're even closer now, but it's probably <laughs> offending the Swedes. Swiss. Watchmaking. You're going weird places now i know yeah um he was the saint of sausages oh god you're so close <laughs> i mean holy crap think he of was massages and sausages what do you get massages <laughs> yes i'm gonna go get a swedish massage <laughs> can we just swedish coin that massage. phrase right now that is now trademarked masters so of what are you doing this weekend Sweetest massage. Yeah. We're going to go get some massages. Now, wait. Did you say massage or sausage? Yes. Yes. <laughs> massages. Uh, uh, I, I, I want to give it to you just for that. Okay. What is it? Well, he's saint of a few things. Repentant sinners. No, I'm sorry. Repentant thieves, sailors, and prostitutes. Hey. <laughs> I got you there with the... Uh, makes me want to go get a massage even more. <laughs> Well, I, f- I figure massage, sausage, happy ending. It all goes. I together. like. There's a risk. I like massage better. I'm gonna. I'm massage. gonna go. It's gonna be our our new web page is gonna be massage.com. Massage. It'd be the subheading. Masters of Profundication, bringing you all the massages you'd ever want. <laughs> I don't know what a massage is. I just know I want one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good shit. I do have a second one. Okay. I don't know why. Real quick. Go for it. What discovery allowed Italy to have tomatoes and India to have peppers? Genetics. 
That's weird. It's a weird answer. Why? Like scientists created tomatoes and peppers in labs? I don't. Yeah, they. they... I don't like that answer, man. I don't like it. My at all. answer. That's not I'll, I'll take it. This is my. That is answer. not worthy of the Tom Witham. I know. They geneticists have been able to create <laughs> fruits and vegetables that grow in places that they're not supposed to grow. True. And they long? have like old what is the heirloom tomatoes and stuff they have like old dna from vegetables that they're keeping in seed vaults just in case shit goes bad so i think the discovery of (laughs) genes is a fine answer to make sure we get tomatoes and grapes like the grapes from france that all got fucked up and they had to go (laughs) they had to come crawling on their hands and knees to get the grapes from napa valley because there were genes from grapes from fire from long ago. I think it was a good answer. That was a good answer. You know what? I feel generous. I'm going to give that to you because you weirdly enough kind of had the right answer. What is it? The discovery of the Americas Aha! was the answer. And Napa Valley is in America. So, do you, uh, speaking of Joe Rogan, I listened to one of his conversations that he had with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. And he said, this is Neil deGrasse Tyson being as controversial as possible. He said that uh, Christopher Columbus discovering the Americas was probably the most significant moment in human history. Uh, I mean, I can see the argument being made. Well, it's it's fascinating to listen to him unpack it because he talks about the fact that he did that, which it was going to happen, whether he did it or somebody else did it. The fact that he did it was the equivalent of a ufo landing with aliens i mean it was like right now if aliens stopped by our planet and just had conversations with us and we were able to like have a back and forth without you know just the fact that it happened like if we did that it would be hugely significant just like back then it was hugely significant but whatever well i mean every teacher in the world will tell you that christopher Columbus didn't discover the americas like even leaving aside the Native Americans, the Vikings discovered the Americas, though they didn't know what they had. But that's quibbling because Christopher Columbus absolutely discovered it for Europeans. Like Christopher Columbus's voyage opened up the Americas to European colonization. Yeah. Well, like, I highly so, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say two things created our modern world. Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas and the fact that Europeans didn't take baths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they were so they're so filthy that they built up immunities to all kinds of diseases that the Native Americans didn't have. So when Columbus and the first few people that came to the Americas interacted before conquering, they spread diseases like wildfire. So by the time that colonization really got going, like something like 90% of the Native American population was already dead from disease. Yeah. So taking land was easy. All right. Anybody that wants to know more can go check out neil degrasse tyson on christopher columbus as i say visit your local library (laughs) a what the library what's the bibliotheque la dandy estalo biblioteca zapatos pantalones pantalones i i was hoping you'd fit that in there pantalones no no pantalones no bueno no trousers all right yes all right full circle god damn Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so. Okay. Are you, uh, are you good? Do you want to pick a topic for next week or do you want to just kind of let it rip? 
I got no nothing in mind. We're gonna have to pick something. I I'm telling you right here now, we both get drunk, we just talk about whatever. It's always an option. Yeah, but I'm gonna be home alone with my kids, so I I don't think I can get blackout drunk. It's about time they saw the real dad. All right, let's get let's get fucking hammered. Let's do it. Let's get hammered and just talk about whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. Mm. All right. I am off. Who are you? I am uh this is Bill. She kept the dress Clinton saying, <laughs> dip me in your Monday milk. Milk. <laughs> and I'm Bob, um, dead Indian Scully. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I take that back. That was bad. Yeah. Midget orgy Scully saying. <laughs> Oak Nuggets. Oak Nuggets. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.